Tile Friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. My name is Luke Jackson Miller, your host. It is my privilege to be the host of this podcast for the last four years, to be bringing business conversations, business-oriented conversations to tile contractors around the world. And what this is doing, what our mission is, and what our vision is with this podcast is to strengthen the entire tile industry one conversation at a time. And I believe wholeheartedly that to strengthen something, you must start with the people, uh, the tile installers who are holding up the entire tile industry quite literally on their backs with their with their installation knowledge and the work that they do. Uh, without us, without installers, we don't have an industry. We have uh, a lot of products, a lot of fancy products um, that sit in a warehouse and we need, you know, if, if all the tile installers raptured up to heaven tomorrow, we would take a, a, a long time, you know, five-year apprenticeship to learn how to install tile. You're looking at five years of uh, even worse tile installations, uh, by and large, that are happening today. And so it is my privilege to be interviewing tile contractors every single week on Tuesdays. Today's interview is with Jasco. He is the owner of TopTileStone.com. Jasco is out of San Diego, California, and we got into a fantastic conversation. It's slightly longer than normal, as you might notice, but it is well worth it to stay to the end because uh, throughout this conversation, we talked about uh, how he has built his business as um, uh, an immigrant to this country from Bosnia by way of Germany. And we talked about his ability to um, develop this business over the years and really you know, have amazing clientele and have an amazing referral network. And we talked about how to value yourself a lot. We talked about how to put value on your work and what that means. We talked about this concept of uh, that he brought up to me that the United States has made business simple compared to Germany or other countries and how we all can take advantage of the simplicity and, and really catapult ourselves into a business of our choice. And we need to learn how to value ourselves as well as organization. And we talked a lot about personal development in the second half of this podcast. I know you're going to enjoy it. Like all these Tuesday podcasts, this is sponsored by HappyTileGuy.com. HappyTileGuy.com is the number one place. We are dedicated to building websites, not for the whole world, but for tile contractors, for you, the tile installer. We know your business. We know how to uh, optimize the website to get found uh, in the Google search algorithms. And we are assisting tile contractors to be up on the first page and be found and be seen by people searching for their services. So enjoy this interview with, with Jasco. Jasco, thank you so much for, for first of all, the gifts. Um, you can't see your logo on this beautiful hat and you sent me a Versace t-shirt, which we'll talk a little bit about your association with Versace um, later in the podcast. But thank you for taking the time today to come on this podcast and share your knowledge. Um, can you introduce yourself and the name of your business and where you're located? Yes, well, my name is Jasko. Um, our business is toptilestone.com, and uh, I'm from San Diego, California. Born and, you know, raised in Bosnia and grew, grew up my teenage years in Germany, but okay. San Diego, that's where I'm at right now. Okay, so you were born in Bosnia and moved to Germany, um, and then what? at what age did you come to San Diego or, or America? 
um, I was just a few months shy of 18 when I came to the States. So nice. I, I developed a little bit of a teenage character already, you know, yeah. <laughs> in, in Germany. So it was a culture shock when I first got here, man. Nice. I wanted to go instantly back. When I saw where I was at, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, really? You wanted to go back to Germany? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But then, you know, that was our life. And you, you just have to up and go, man. Like, you know, a few times in my lifetime, I, I know like the military families, you know, it's not a nice ex experience when you got to shift so much, but you learn to exist within it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have other types of people who just crave that constant moving around. I, I myself tend to lean towards, you know, constant moving and constant, you know, evolution. And even where I live, you know, I'm, I get, um, I get in a route and it's like, I want to, I want to change it, you know, and I've moved several times, but, uh, that's, and that's the beauty of it, right? It takes all kinds. And I, I want to talk, you know, later in the podcast here, and I'm glad you brought it up so early. I want to talk about, you know, um, being a first generation immigrant to the United States and being a, a business owner and, and what you've done with your business, because I think you just have a phenomenal business. Your branding is, is top, you know, I mean, you have just described your business, uh, top tile stone, and you came out with this branding and you're doing phenomenally in, in San Diego there by the outside looking in, you know, watching your Instagram, and your social media and looking at some of your website and diving into the jobs you've done. We've spoke previously. Um, can you just describe like, what are you specializing in, in San Diego besides just tile and stone? Uh, well, honestly, main or the business, what I specialize in is custom stone work. I mean, that's where we really pride ourselves. Um, it, I'm fourth generation, you know, stone mason. So, it, it has evolved through the generations being involved working on stone and, and tile. And we really specialize in doing custom work with that, but displaying it in a, you know, personal way. Like every client has their own vision and we try to bring them that picture. Mm. So I really specialize, you know, in like bath bathrooms is one of our strengths. Like that's where I, and I find the most joy doing it. You know, it's a very beautiful canvas to work on because you can introduce so many different things. And I like to always complement the tile with everything else around. It. So the tile is the showpiece, but everything else just visiting there. Yeah, it's this incredible, incredible thing that we do as tile installers with our finish work. You know, the beauty of everything, um, the thing that's seen, you know, and, and so often, though, it's it's rushed and it's it's um you know it, it's 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 um for certain contractors certain builders they they want to you know expect it to be rushed and to be competitively priced and all this type of, of things when it's really in in our opinion and we're biased because we're tilers but we're you know being that it's the the thing that you see and, and, and beyond the looks, you know, beyond a wall, I mean, there's a difference between a wall that's like an aesthetic wall and it looks really nice and a functioning shower, you know, these are all so important. The shower is, you know, a large footprint, it has a pretty large footprint in the bathroom itself. And it's such an important aspect of the bathroom, not only, you know, beyond the, the beauty of it, 
you know, the functionality of it. Is it going to work? Is it going to drain? Is it going to, you know, uh, hold water? All these things that, that go into it. And so you've kind of, did I hear you right, that you've kind of taken the reins and, and offer bathroom remodeling for your clients? Yes. That's pretty much like, honestly, the, the, the entire of it. Because we try to like sub out those things, you know, we would have somebody come out and do the waterproofing and do this and, you know, like have like different electrical companies come in and like move stuff and all that. And it just became, you know, a, a much complicated job and when you have so many people moving around in such a small space. Mm-hmm that's what it is so we wanted to bring it all in house and have our own people that you know are our two go people so in a sense we built like a formula to it and we're able to deliver you know the remodel that they really want so everything's done in house Mm -hmm. nice nice so you you control you control the outcome um and you can you know dictate as somebody with your background knows you know you can dictate the tile the way the tile is going to be prepared, you know, waterproofing, et cetera. And you um, can have a more reliable, consistent outcome because of it. I I love this business model. It's probably my favorite business model uh, for a tile installer that is working directly for homeowners or in the remodel industry. I encourage everybody to think about getting the general contractor's license. I mean, if you're installing tile and you're proficient, you know, and it's not that you have to learn every single trade. It's like Jasko said, you know, sub out the electrical work, the plumbing, whatever you're not comfortable with, sub everything out, you know, and, and control your own outcome. Even if you're still installing the tile, you know, you control the trades right up until that point, And then you can control the whole outcome so much better. Um, I think that's really smart, Jasko. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Yeah, man, it takes a while to learn, you know, you really got to go through it and you're going to get your bruises out there. But you know, there's a significant stretch between being a tile installer and being a craftsman of it. Um, it goes much into it. Like you were saying earlier, you know, there's some people, they want to rush the job, but you also got to understand what the job is being done for. You know, let's say you're working with a new house developer. They're not really going to want all that custom stuff done so you don't have to like spend your time you got to know what tools exist out there and which ways you can do you know the cuts faster cleaner you know um how to get things figured out where you don't have to spend so much time prepping where you can work with already what you have done for you so it's knowing the two differences of where your time is being spent there's no way you ever can charge a general contractor that you're going to charge a homeowner, you know, because they do a lot of the work themselves. So they don't sure. really need many of your services, but they don't expect either to get like, you know, this custom piece, but they want something that's presentable and it will stand the, the test of time. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for bringing this up. And it's a great point because so many times we um, at large, as tilers, we will maybe get offended. You could even hear it. And maybe I just said it a few minutes ago, you know, they don't want to pay you what, what it's going to take and they want to rush you. Um, and, and basically what you're saying is understand that there's a difference between, you know, the production home that isn't custom 
and it's it's being it's being you know made in mass and the outcome is is a sound structure that's clean and a tileable surface you know and it's more commoditized in that way and understanding that you're never going to take your if you're an artist and you're passionate about just wild designs and 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 taking your time and everything is perfect don't expect to force that business model on the builder who is maybe building spec homes where you know it's not custom it's not fully custom until it's sold maybe that's very true man see you know i worked with a couple guys where they kind of understood the sense of how things work even in a general contractor business you know because a lot of people will think about like you gotta be the lowest bid there's many many times man where i'm like the highest of the highest bid they've ever seen yeah. and they will choose to go with you because they know what they're getting out of it you know and how important it is to get it done the first time so don't be afraid you know if you know what you're doing and what you can deliver don't be afraid you know to charge for your time because honestly, man, that's what people like, you know, I, there's no way that I can talk to a customer about, you know, who can do a bathroom for square foot price nowadays? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like it, you're talking about the bathroom. It's not just an installer going in there, everything ready for him. And he's just slapping it on. Yeah. You know, as a business, you can't be selling like that. At yeah. least, at least from my point of view, and how long I've been in it, what I've done, and I've I've tried many, man. I failed my way to the top. <laughs> I like that. Well, let's let's dive into that a little bit. Let's talk about some of the struggles from being a, um, you know, the first, you know, maybe two three years in business, and some of the different challenges you've had along the way. Do you mind sharing some of the story, the background? No, no, not at all, man. I mean, like you know, um, I got into the industry literally at about 14 years old as an apprentice with my dad i would go out sometimes help him out on jobs when we lived in germany after he escaped the war and i pretty much you know would go out there with him and do these jobs help him out cleaning routing getting the surfaces ready for him and things like that so at, at 14 that's when i really got into it more or less and when we moved here to the states we were trying to do a few different things and when we saw man what you can do as a, your own business and how much simpler it was to establish a business structure or, or like to just be legal as a business it's it's very simple in the united states <laughs> they made it very simple man sure so if you're willing to put in the time, you know, do your research, that's how we just decided let's start working for ourselves after working for a few different contractors and like you really need to know the value that you bring in somewhere. If you know what your value is, then you start in a sense to, to put that packageable and, and sell it. That's what it is, you know, holding a few different jobs in the United States as a sales rep. I worked for Sears Home Improvement as a HVAC guy, selling HVACs. So I really put myself through different businesses, like working for electrical companies, working for warehouses, um, you know, learning logistics. Um, I went out and I got myself a 
certification in like logistics and transportation. Okay. So I wanted to learn about the business from every expert, man. And when I say, you know, failed my way to the top, I've done so many things wrong with the clients with how you sell your jobs man how you sell yourself like you undervalue the work that you're doing but that's not just because you undervalue you're not aware what else you know is involved in there that goes towards your time and how valuable your time is mm -hmm. so the hardest thing was to learn as, as like a business how are you going to exist out there? Got it. I, I'm a big believer in this thought process of failing your way to the top, you know, uh, fail forward. You know, I, so many of the greats, you know, billionaires, the, the, the world's most uh, prolific, you know, uh, successful entrepreneurs have, you know, said and embodied this one simple idea. We must fail in order to grow and and i i congratulate you for just saying that and just saying you know transparently yeah we make mistakes and you know i've been the same way i mean i make more mistakes than i have to you know and it's i have trouble uh learning my mistakes you know oftentimes maybe two or three times before it's like oh okay i learned it you know i i, I hopefully learned it this time um tell me about this idea you said something interesting that um the, the United States has made being a business owner simple. Now, some of my, a lot of my audience is, you know, um, Americans and perhaps they uh, don't understand what you mean. Can you compare a business in Bosnia or maybe Germany to the United States business entrepreneur? Okay, well, in let's say ex Yugoslavia and, you know, which Bosnia used to be part of. Um, that's before it broke down and it kind of kept a lot of the mentality still the same. And in Germany, most of Europe, actually, let's say you wanted to operate a business and start a business out there. You can't just go somewhere and say like, oh, I want to be a tile setter. You know, you can do that if you want to do side jobs for your entire life. But if you want to be like a professional tile setter, there is trade schools that you have to go to and pass and you get the certifications, then you have to find a job and work for a certain amount of years, have all the proof of all your income and showing that you actually gained the experience. And then you can apply for a license to be considered a business. And you got to have everything in cash, like the, the bonds and all that stuff. You can't just go out and buy like an insurance. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so... It, it's very, very expensive and very tough to get there, you know. So a lot of people really don't even attempt. And that's why the United States is the land of opportunities. You know, it's it, it has laws in place that allow you to do certain things. And if you understand how to operate within those laws, it's very simple out here. You know, where somebody can be literally today homeless and tomorrow a corporation owner. Right. Yeah, quite literally. The, the, the limitations in this country that we put on ourselves are, are just that, you know, they are, they are self-limiting beliefs, you know, business is hard, everything's hard. But when you compare it to somebody with a, um, a background like yours, 
and you say, no, this is um, so much simpler, so much easier to be an entrepreneur, to live the American dream. Um, and that is, that is encouraging to hear. And, and we could find two people, we ourselves could go into a long discussion. Um, probably I don't necessarily want to, but on the, the, um, the benefits and the, uh, the, the issue or the trouble with, you know, the, the two different models, you know, the American model, Hey, we were going to lower the bar for entrepreneurs, but by and large, you know, what I like about this model and the free open market is, Hey, I'm going to open a tile contractor company tomorrow. And I can do that even if I'm homeless and the free market is going to dictate whether or not I exist. You know, my efforts are going to bring back the results. But what you're saying is in other countries, no matter how much effort you have, if you don't, it, it's, it's just going to be, you know, 10 times harder, 20 times harder, sometimes impossible certain countries around the world. So I think this is good because it gives us perspective on um, what we all have uh, the capability of doing here in the United States and other, other Western worlds and other, you know, of course, governments are similar similarly based, but, um, I appreciate you kind of shedding some light into this topic and, and tell me about, um, you know, you came over here, you were, you were employed and you know, you've, you've mentioned or alluded to the fact that your employment was valuable because you learned different business skills. You were in sales, you learned sales, you know, you were taught all these things. Tell me about the drive that you had to start a business and kind of the drive that uh, a lot of immigrants have to come over here and, and they do really well. I mean, I am, I am all for, you know, immigration and, and people who come over here and work their ass off and they build what they build and they get what they get based on their effort. And, you know, can we dive into this subject a little bit more? What is your thought on the immigrant business owner versus maybe the American business owner? And um, I don't know if I'm wording that correctly. No, thank you for that. No, I know what you're trying to imply, and I wouldn't like to say that anyone more or less has a harder, one has the simpler or one has the harder path. You know, we might have a few different, maybe injustice roadblocks in the way, but we're all fighting some kind of battle. Mm -hmm. You know, you know th that's definitely, it's just, to us, the battle is much more real because what we physically saw and went through, you know, like when you have to escape your home, you can't explain that literally to someone unless they really been in a situation where, you know, they just come and tell you like, hey, you got, you have to leave right now. Like you, there, there is no, you want to or not, you have to. Yeah. When you create that mentality in your head, like, and you see that the real world out there exists like that, it's not just a movie, you gain a different perspective of reality and your time on this plane. Like, you, you, time becomes very real, and it, every second counts. So you're right, you know, when you're failing to the top and like you do many times the same mistake over and over, it's because sometimes you probably don't want to let go of an idea that something has to be the, <laughs> the way that you see it. Like it can happen this way. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you just don't want to let go of that. And once you learn that's not how life operates, it, it gives you a different perspective of the business aspect of, you know, the value of you. And when you come out here and you start a business, you know, someone that might have been born out here in the States and had a fairly great life, you know, they don't see it in the same way. So they can be a little bit more lenient with their time, you know, or their effort or, you know, because the reality hasn't struck you yet. Mm. And, you know, it's great to say that there's few people, lucky people in life that never do. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah. You know, but for a lot of us, we have to fight some kind of battle. I'm sure even for yourself to get to the business that you wanted to have, you had to go through quite a few steps. Even though you were born here, you still had to learn just like me. It's just the drive might be a different where someone else might take years to do something, we will do it in like weeks or months. Yeah. Yeah, at least that's the way I look at it. It's like you really have to push on what you're doing. You you have to. That's why they say have passion in the things that you do. Yeah. Because it gets tough. It gets tough. Like you literally come to a point where nobody wants anything to do with you anymore, man. <laughs> And it's a tough spot to be in, but you can do it. If if you believe in yourself and you know what you're going after, and you, like I said, you put your effort in, in this country, there's no way that you're not going to get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a beautiful, I, I love how America is structured. It has his, which plate doesn't have his troubles, man. You know, like everything is growing. Sure. It's, yeah. it's an this whole community of America, it's an organism brewing, you know, in one pot together. You don't know what you're going to cook out of it. But for some reason in, on, in this country, no matter what kind of problems you have somewhere else in the world, as a people, you come to this country and we can all coexist and work with each other. Mm. It's the most beautiful place on the planet. I mean, it's just a blessing to have the opportunity to be here. So when you see how easy it is to own a business, if you really put your time in it, you cannot complain and tell me, you know, that it's tough. It's always going to be tough. You are alive. You know, as long as you're getting up on your two feet every morning, you're alive. It's going to be a rough ride, you know? Yeah. So you might make it and might as well make it enjoyable and, you know, work, see your value. Yeah. You, you've said this um, multiple times, see your value. And I think um, for our trade and, and for so many people, not just, you know, beyond our trade, but for so many of us, uh, we've been devalued and we devalue ourselves. What, what advice can you offer on finding your value and, and sticking with it? Well, you know, it's style money, obviously. So when I say, you know, find your values, like there's a lot of people out there that th- when you talk about, like, let's say the the pricing on some of these things and somebody will say this, a certain number, you know, like like most of the time, if anyone sees a bathroom for like 20000 or $25,000, they think like, oh, my God, you know, it's a huge contract. Um, and if you never done that as a business, 
you might hear the number, but you don't know all the things that go into that, how much of that you're spending. When you're doing it as a side job, right? you know, you, you cannot charge that. But at the same time, you don't understand the value of it. You know, so you're underselling yourself and you're not hurting anybody else but yourself. Yeah. Because you really don't see the value in what you're, if you're somebody that really does a great job and like you know what you're doing and people are satisfied with what you're doing and like 10 years later it's still standing, like you walk in there and it looks like you just did it yesterday. Yeah. You know, you delivered a great job. So if you have that type of skill, then understand the value that you have and what you bring to the table. Like you offer something that you can guarantee, you know, it's not going to fail because it's a significant amount of money anybody spends in their house. Yeah. At least, you know, that's where I'm coming from because that's what I do day in, day out. So that's, yeah. Yeah. that's how I would explain it the best, like in those terms. But you can carry that over into any business or into any skill it doesn't have necessarily be like only this function it's like the the like school you go and you learn the basics but it's not going to teach you and master you in the skill Mm, right right so you spend a lot of your time to master that skill and you got to understand to value that time that you put in yeah so you need to properly like charge for that because you know what what you're delivering to the client when you walk in the house you know from the first moment of when they call you you're already representing a brand mm-hmm. yeah and if you have that then you should accordingly charge for that because it takes a lot of time to be that organized and that means that person is going to deliver you an outstanding service it's not just the product sometimes it's the headaches with what you got to deal in this job you know you know as a tile setter you've done it and it's it's the 10 it's the 10 years prior or the 15 years prior exactly of perfecting our trade you know we are um when you're at that point you know you are very valuable because now what you're offering is insurance you're literally selling them insurance based on your experience this isn't going to fail. And if it is, guess what? I charge a good amount of money so that I can stay in business so that if it does fail, for some reason, we can come back and, and fix it and make it right. Exactly. Um, so the value is so far beyond just a hundred square feet of tile installed on a wall, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I, and this value, we have to find it and, and embrace it mentally, you know, but we also have to realize that the marketplace and the people we're selling to will put different values on us. And so you're in San Diego, you have a very large um, population of people who some of them don't value your skill. You know, they're looking for a quick flip. They're looking to make a quick buck and quickly, you know, turn over the shower or, or just build a quick shower and sell the house or whatever. Um, but some of them will actually value you, value Top Tile Stone, far beyond what they might value somebody who's only been in business one or two or three years. Um, how do you find your client that values you? Most of our clients, um, <laughs> my little secret is I work with a lot of the um, tile 
suppliers here in San Diego, the big sure. guys, you know, like okay. Dell, Dell Tile, MSI Surfaces, uh, Bedrosians, you know, we work with those guys. And I, I'm in really good contact with all their designer staff because mm -hmm. that's where the first people that the clients see. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. when they pick their tile and stuff like that. And a lot of them, they usually start looking at tile or those type of surfaces for the first thing when they want to do a remodel like that. So most of them won't even have a person to go to yet. Yeah. And those design centers, they work with different people so they know what clientele would be a good fit for who. Yeah. So that's how we get that's some awesome. of those clients. Then we use Yelp, you know. I'm getting familiar with facebook and instagram how to market more on that but most of the clientele that we find is pretty much through the local teams yeah. so we the days that you know, that's another thing that that we forget when we do business you know it's like you're doing a little bit of this advertisement here and there and you're just starting out so the days when you don't have a physical job you sometimes be just sitting at home doing nothing, you know, waiting for the job to start or for something new to come in. While in that time, you can spend that time to go out there and network and market, you know. You're still on the clock. <laughs> you're not off the clock, you know, just because you're not physically on a job. That's hard to learn in the beginning of the business. Yeah, it is. It is very hard. And I don't mind sharing an experience from my first year at being a California contractor in Monterey Bay. And I went to one of the local tile supply um, showrooms and I said, you know, my name is Luke. I've been tiling at that point. I would have been tiling a around a decade, you know, I, I um, and I, I, I kind of gave him my business card, introduced myself. And I said, so will you be in a position to refer me to your the people who are buying your tile? And I'll never forget it. And I took offense by it, but as an older man, I realized there was an opportunity there and I shouldn't have taken offense. He said, no, I won't refer you to my clients, but if you bring me clients and then they vouch for you, I will slowly start to refer you. And so you have to develop a relationship. You know, there's a saying that goes like this, uh, warm up your oven, preheat your oven before you stick the turkey in it. And, and that's the, that's the way it is with business relationships. You have to get to know each other. And it's something that lesson took me a long time to understand, unfortunately, but you've developed these relationships with some of the larger suppliers in your area. You mentioned Bedrosians and uh, Del Tile and, and their, and their um, employees, their designers, and you've developed relationships, no doubt over years to, um, to the point where you're one of their top referrals, no doubt, you know? Yeah, we've been like, Dell Tile, you know, they, you know the, the, um, they are a big company, Dell Tile. Sure. They're all over the United States and Mohawk, the father company, they pretty much own the, yeah. the manufacturing industry. They monopolized on it. Sure. But we know when Dell Tile, like literally was just a little warehouse here in Chula Vista of San Diego, that's how long we've been with them over the years of over two decades working with them. So we really developed some great relationships and you can see the strength of a company too, 
uh, in a brand like that where a lot of the team is still the same people they just have grown them into different parts of their wear like their stores but it's a strong company you know it's a very good parent company so building relationships like that the people been there you know you pretty much i guess in a sense a little bit lucky to have had that opportunity to grow with the industry yeah yeah you're lucky but you're also working it you're working that network you are applying people skills you know just personal development hey uh you know what are you interested in or you know, how can I help you? I mean, no doubt over the years, you've assisted some of these people that refer you to work, whether that be a quick phone, you know, a lot of times contractors or designers will have a question, maybe a technical question, you know, uh, you know, I'm just spitballing here, but there are things we can do to fast track that referral um, system. And really that's what we wanna, we wanna, you know, as business owners, one of the best ways to procure prospects and clients is through referrals, you know, referrals. Hey, you know, go to toptilestone.com because we have been working with him for 10 years and he's never disappointed any of our clients. That person is going to say, man, that's a strong referral from Mohawk, the, the king of tile, you know, Del Tile. Um, and, and so that goes a long way. So it's not, it's not passive. And I would say it's far beyond luck. You know, first of all, you have to be good at what you do, right? Because if you, if you're good with your mouth and you're good with selling yourself, but then you under deliver, guess what? You under deliver once, maybe they'll forgive you. You under deliver two or three times. They're going to take you off that, off of that referral list. Yeah. You can come on it and fall off it very quick, man. I mean, it's like anything. Mm-hmm. a lot of these people the better they can do their job the better it is for you so if every part if every party you know every piece of that unity has to work it's going to be off the basis that everyone can trust you know that everyone's going to deliver what they say they're going to mm-hmm. so of course, if they need some quick guy or, or anything like that, they're just going to tell them, you know, you can go here or there. That's where you might find somebody. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's really good when you know what you're doing. Even yeah. there's nothing wrong with working for somebody either. Sure, sure. You know, like I don't mind. I Honestly, man, I always say I don't care if if i know i have a great guy that's doing a job and and i have a job that requires that type of skill i don't mind paying even 75 or 100 dollars an hour right. <laughs> you know what i right. mean like i right. really don't if you worked it you will yeah. get it yeah and i'm not saying that you can't get to that level working for somebody yeah it it really even in the age where people think like technology is taking away a lot of these jobs yeah. you know or they're making things cheaper because there's so many more things available let's say like those leveling clips for tile people think because you have those now that every job is going to be done perfect but it looks like on the surface it's straight it's proper you don't know how the install is done underneath yeah. it, that's just an aid you know it doesn't make the job quicker right not yes yeah I, I like how you said, you know, if somebody's worth it, if somebody, if the value is there for an installer, I'll pay him a hundred dollars an hour. I really like this because when I was contracting in San Luis Obispo, I, I met a man on the internet who was 
in San Diego, but he wanted to move up to San Luis Obispo. And he was, I, I never met him in person. It was all over the phone, but just speaking with him because I've been in the industry since I was 17 and I've interviewed um, at least dozens of, you know, employees, potential employees, hired some of them. I could tell he, he was not, he was not lying about his expertise. He was, he was being very, um, very open about it, but he also valued himself. He said, Luke, I, I, I need $50 an hour, $2,000 a week, you know, minimum, I will come and work for you and I can do X and I can do X. And, th and I thought, man, I do not pay anybody $50 an hour. My top guy was at like $35 an hour. And I thought I can't do it. But then I started thinking about it over the next few weeks and months. And I thought, you know, let me run these numbers. And I thought, okay, he can produce one shower and a bathroom floor in a week's time, in five days. And I believe he can. And most, you know, experienced Tylers could do that, give or take, you know, the bathroom and scenario. But then I thought, well, he's asking for $2,000 to build essentially my client a bathroom, shower, and floor. And I know I can sell it at five or six or $7,000. And so what's the problem? You know, it's my, it's my, we go back to our own limiting beliefs. Yes. You know, it's, it's because I've never paid somebody $50 an hour. So, you know, what happened is I called that man back and I said, as long as you hold up your end, I will hire you and I will pay you what you need. But the time slipped and he was already employed um, by me. And so just knowing your numbers and knowing what you can sell a talented installer who can deliver will assist so many people. And I hope that helps somebody to think about business slightly different because so many times we, 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 we take offense. Like I took offense as a young man, as a 25 year old man at, at the fact that the, the, sh the store owner wanted me to bring them clients. And then I, I took, I didn't take offense, but I, I, I had limiting beliefs. I, I, I believed I cannot pay this guy 50 bucks an hour. That's more than I make. I was on, I was actually on a payroll, which was 1600 a week. So my own limiting belief said, well, I'm the owner and I'm only paying myself $1,600 a week to, to run the show. But then I thought about it over the course of some weeks and months. And I thought, you know, the value really was there. I could have made money. The, the business could have had a 50% gross profit margin off of this man's talent. And so I, I, I wanted to share that. Go ahead. No, man, for sure. I mean, it really, it, you're definitely right. You know, and, and one has to understand when, when you, when you are doing something and it's especially in like, let's say building relationship, whether that be with, with clients or whether that be with contractors, suppliers, wh whoever that might be, you know, paying somebody that money, you really, there's times where you need to find a certain person, you know, literally like you need somebody because you know the clientele that you get in and you move in more of that. I've done literally jobs where I've hit the max of, you know, how much I would charge for labor and I given that entire labor to the installer, like literally done jobs where I walk out of there just to cover my expenses mm. to be on the job to spend it, but just to gain that, that, that experience and see like, it's much cheaper for me to do that than pay somebody for months and months and months thinking yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing. And then it ends up costing you money. Yeah. 
So a person that comes in and like you said, says, you know, I want $100 or $125 an hour, but they're going to get it done. Yeah. They're going to get it done the way that it needs to be done. And you yeah. can trust them. You pay them that and you go on doing the other things because you want to grow as a business. And if you want to grow as a business, you got to learn how to delegate yeah. certain battles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in order to grow, grow that, you, you just have to have the people there. So you have to share. You have to understand how to stretch your. Sometimes, you know, you go blow $20 on something. And believe it or not, $20, there has been times where $10, $20 was the difference between 10 grand in my pocket or go buy the pizza. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. like investing in Bitcoin, but you're investing in yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you ate the pizza. And I did the same thing. I knew about Bitcoin when it, $10 could have, you know, like I would have been a wealthy man today, but um, I ate the pizza instead. <laughs> well, you know, but sometimes, sometimes you do that, right? Yeah, you can't. But you, can't you learn. Yeah, yeah, there's things you but can't But you learn. Yeah. You learn as you go along the way. You know, like Einstein said, you know, the, the, like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over, but expecting a different outcome yeah no kidding <laughs> and, yeah and that's where values come in too you know it's one of those things it's like i i bargained with life for a penny and that's all it paid me not one cent less not one cent more you know yeah whatever i asked of in life i could have gotten it if i would have only asked for it and put in my time so everybody's value, man, you, you want to be valued, right? So you should value other people as well and their their skills, Yeah, you know, like and that. what they're bringing. Clientele too. You got to understand what value your client is bringing to you. That's the most, ex the most important part of your business. Yeah. And that's the person you got to think about. That, that's the end consumer. Yeah. Yeah. On, on your website, you have the the picture the photo of the versace facade the job you did and i would imagine that working for versace installing that marble gave you a lot of value correct well it gave me definitely a lot of skills and i gained a lot of value you know mm -hmm. personal value a lot yeah. and you, one one has to like personally develop themselves so you have to call, stay in a constant flux of growth yeah. And that's one of the beauties, you know, of be, having to come into this country and have had the, you know, uh, roadblock or hindrance of, you know, or so to say the barrier of not knowing, knowing the language. Mm. And it bothered me so much, man. I started hanging out with my people. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to speak in my language sure. no more. <laughs> I yeah. would go out there and force myself to speak English. Mm. I had to learn it. And it kind of gave me that for life lesson you know you just got to keep learning and growing and growing and as you do that you're building a personal development and you're building certain skills and those skills can be transferred into a business too you know you you got to understand a business is an organization and you know it, it it's it's pretty much its own persona but all your development, all your skill can be put into it. And then, you know, you're going to bring in other people into your enterprises 
you got to understand how to delegate, you know, whose job is what and who to trust. Who can you trust to do this job? And you don't butt in. You know, you dedicated them to that. You asked them for a certain result. They said they can deliver it. You let them be. You give them their space, you know, let them show you that they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, you, I really appreciate you talking about personal development and and these kind of topics um where where do you where do you uh or what do you do do you have a routine you know reading or other routine for your own personal development i read a lot i mean i'm not gonna say that i sit down there and 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 i read book after book after book but i constantly read things i read researches i read things that have nothing to do with business or tile or anything. And I've learned how to incorporate some of that stuff, like a lot of robotics. I, I'm a nut for mechanics and robotics. Like I love that stuff. And okay. I always, I, I loved coding and stuff. So okay. that's what I went to college for. I was going to do computer science and I dropped out and went into tile. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I took that mentality into the business and I broke it down to the subatomic level. Okay. And honestly, like, that's where it shows, like, my reading, you know. I, I really love to read. I, I go deep into things. Mm -hmm. And that's where the personal development, I'm interested in a lot of things, but I try to unite them and make sense of them. You know, it's not, there's no sense of having so much information and you don't have a way of organizing and structuring that information because mm. there's no use for it if you're just cluttering and cluttering so yeah. you have to know which way you're gathering your things so some person can sit down and read it and the, the what i'm trying to talk about personal development in a sense is you don't have to follow the norm where somebody says oh read this book sit down and read this book and you get frustrated because like you don't function that way at least for me it's that way my mind don't function like that i will take 10 15 books at once <laughs> and be going through them but i already read all of them but then i start studying them sure sure it's interesting so, you mentioned this um and i've heard other people say it, and i've developed a habit of reading like three books at once so i won't just be reading one i'll be reading like three <laughs> to five some of them on audio and others like in the yes. morning uh, um and you know I, I i question my sanity or i question whether that was a good way to learn but like you said everybody's different right and and what works for somebody how do you stay organized can you give us any tips or me any tips to staying organized uh, well to staying organized you have to have a structure Okay. You know, at least for me, you know, I'm a person that my mind's all over the place. So you build like this formula and you stick to it and you follow it. So being organized in a sense, let's say from the first time a client calls you, you know what you're going to deliver on the phone. You understand how to interview that client. If it's going to be valuable to them for you to represent your services to them or not. Because sometimes it's a not you're not a good fit, and sometimes you know you're, the client just doesn't fit what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you have to start from that point on, and then you organize from there. Do I go out there and look at the job? Oh, do I, from that point on, you know, if you got the bid, where do you go next? You create this formula, and like 
that same formula is applied through everything in your day. You have a certain structure of how you do things. So that's staying organized and knowing in another sense of like, let's say, in being organized, growing as a business, you know, being a tile person and then transferring into starting a corporation and having a business, you know, there's a structure in there too that has to be organized. So it goes also in the effect you need certain people like lawyers and CPAs and, you know, all these things that are needed for the business so you can stay in business properly. So that's like an organized structure in a way. I'm hoping I'm not like going off band. But. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, develop systems and processes and and then stick to them, you know. And from, from that very first phone call, you should have a system to ask questions, ask certain questions to get certain answers. You know, it's it's not, you know, the, the questions we ask our prospective clients are so important. We have, uh, I cannot stress this enough. The questions we ask ourselves, the questions we ask our, our mates, you know, our, our, and, our, and our clients, our friends, you know, the questions we ask, the large questions, you know, framing them in such a way to, um, to understand the dynamic of the relationship from the client to us. And, and like you said, this isn't a good fit. And if it's not a good fit, I'd rather find out on a, on a free, quick 15 to 30 minute phone call other than, you know, three weeks later, we're, we're finding out, Hey, they're never going to pay us. Um, yeah. Yeah. You have to have a certain way, really like, Oh, you know, in a sense, let's say like talking about structuring a business and being organized and things. It's like, let's say if you know that you have a certain way of legal rights, how you can ask for funds or, you know, to get paid and all these things along the way. That, that's how certain systems work. The banking system is set to a certain way. Like you have to have this much on hand to be able to give this much. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand your business in this sense too. Like I have this much available, this is what I can deliver. That's where you overstep. Sometimes you get this huge job and you run in there thinking like, oh, I'm coming up good. But you never done that job before. You have no idea what you're doing. Like there's mm-hmm. so many things moving in that. Yes. And yeah. you lose yourself there. So you really need to know, like, okay, within these clause, like in California, for instance, is the law that you can only take as a deposit $1,000 or 10%, whichever is less. Right. I don't know. You know, there might be in other states as well. But you never ask for more than that. Right. But also, you know, when you do, let's say, ask for a deposit like that, you can write in your clause, you know, like pretty much so to say your terms right you got to understand your terms you know like you have rights to them so you can write that on your contracts even on your bids you can add it as an extra page doesn't have to be a contract but you're making them aware of it and they have to sign it at the end that they agree to that so if you say i need a thousand dollars and for that thousand dollars you know you're gonna get my time as far as i'm gonna help you picking those materials i'm gonna help you with it so in case it doesn't work out at least I didn't lose my time. You get my first two hours for free. I will come in there and we will do a review of what you want to do. I will give you 
overall idea of how much something like that would be what would be necessary to get it done but if you want my dedicated attention you need to reserve my time yeah you need to understand that you are entitled to by law to have something like that so you put that in the structure of your organization yeah and after that you can pretty much once you start the job you put in a week of work you can ask for your funds but a lot of people are afraid right right especially when they're coming in there as a you know just being a tile guy and going for the first time in business you know like you're trying to build that clientele so you're walking on like eggshells yeah so to say yeah and a lot of people don't know the rights that they have yeah <laughs> that's true that's very true yeah those are good points um really good points I, I i agree you know i i i came you know i follow the same rule in california i was aware of the law you know a thousand dollar deposit um but the way i read the law that first day we're working we can take you know more money you know we yeah can take a you can come deposit. to any agreement you want yeah, yeah that's exactly. between that's between you and the owner from that point on because you're already on the job you started it yep from that point on it's the agreements between you guys yeah absolutely you know so from literally you whichever way you want to set it up you can dictate it but it makes it easier for everybody because everyone knows what to expect nobody's just thrown something randomly at them and it makes people more comfortable to work with you when they see that you have a certain structure to what you're doing yeah and a certain representation and you deliver on what you did and there's times where you really got to know who you're talking to and the, the client that you have you you really can see in a potential person you know when you talk to them and you go and you look at a job and you're like oh it's just a it's not even worth the grant right. you know there was jobs like that where i was called in by a client and i literally saw the person and i got to you know, like you said, the development, personal development. I, I learned a lot about people skills because when I first didn't speak English, I had to understand people with their body language. Uh, I didn't want to offend them the wrong way, do something, say some something the wrong way because I was learning the language. I was still trying to make sense of making a proper sentence. Yeah. <laughs> like to, to tell somebody like, in our language to try something says pro by you know i came here to the united states and our manager of the building came over and my dad is like i'll tell her to try this and i told her probably <laughs> you know like i mixed up the words sure. so i kept trying to say that and what i'm saying is like you know you have to learn body language yes so not to go off off track no i love going it back, going back to the client you see on their body language what it is you see you know when you first walk up to the job you can kind of pay attention to all your surrounding you know and what's being done in there what's going in there you know them find out as much as you can about the property before you even go there nowadays you can employ all your resources like the internet you got zillow you got realtor.com you got all these websites where you can go and find out a lot of things about these properties like what years were they built who was the builder that built them it will show you a lot of things what you can expect 
So there was jobs where I walked in there looking and think into things like that. And I took a thousand dollar job, you know, that usually somebody would be like, oh, it's just a thousand bucks. I'm not going to waste my day there. But you know what potential you got, you can get out of there. And I done that, and that job turned into a hundred fifty thousand dollar job. Wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not saying all instantly, but it was sure. a client where I, you know, did that worth of money in the stretch of two years. Right, right. And that's a good, good job there. So the more you develop your personal skills. And your people skills the better you will do and the way you stay in that is like you stay on the constant reminder yeah that you that your your time is limited yeah yeah there's only so much that you can do in a 24-hour day especially if you have a family you got children you got a wife you got you got to know what you're doing and yeah. you really need to be on on point and i know you, we all fall sometimes into situations where it's a little tough yeah but you have you just have to keep moving you just have to keep going yeah i really like and, and appreciate the fact that you brought up two two really important things just now in the last five minutes uh one was the body language um and you had you 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 know you you know, we work with what we have, you know, we, we, we have to acknowledge, you know, that certain uncomfortable situations result in, you know, bettering ourselves and, and not knowing English, very frustrating, but you learn, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to learn body. And guess what? It would do everybody a huge beneficial, you know, benefit to their, to their bottom line as a business owner to learn body language and learn facial recognition because people speak words that often don't mean anything, but their body language will tell you more than the words. Um, That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second thing I really appreciated was where you talked about um, this concept of the lifetime value of a client. And so the lifetime value of the client is very important to know. And, you know, some clients will end up spending less or some clients like in your case will spend more. Um, and you can never really gauge that, but maybe by um, learning body language and, and language in general and uh, people reading skills and communication skills, we can kind of start to see, hey, this client has a really good potential of spending not just the first thousand, but the tens of thousands after that with me, or maybe even a hundred thousand in, in a couple years. I mean, that's a fantastic client. So I want to encourage everybody listening to think about the lifetime value of your clients. And this will help you when it comes to advertising. Hey, I can get you a, a, a lead on Facebook ads for $10 or maybe it's $20. Well, do, you know, do you know, but we have to, we have to spend 2000 and you will get 10 good leads that will end up spending 200,000. So you spent the initial money, but you um, quantified it and qualified it with the lifetime value of those handful of clients. Um, and that's how you get your return on your investment. That's how you decide I am going to invest in this because I know I'm investing my money now, but because the lifetime value of my clients is on average $10,000, I know that I can spend $1,000 per client on advertising in the next year and not even sweat it because it's all upside. It's all money. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, definitely. And there's different ways of doing that advertisement. You know, like I was saying, sometimes you just send your people there and cover the cost of that, and that might be your, your client. It, it, it can be a ris risky strategy of doing business, you know, mm -hmm. but you employ different applications. We live, thankfully, in a digital age where there's many other things that can aid you. Yeah. So something like that, in case if it is a hit and miss, you can recoup it. Yeah. You can't just throw all your eggs in one basket. Right, right. You have yeah. to, I mean, just the resources that we have today, it's incredible. Like yeah. somebody starting, to, let, let me ask you, Luke, when you first started in the tile industry, 17 years old, right? Were there any of these resources where you could have gone outside no. Say, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. Never been familiar with that product before, but I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. Run out there, grab my phone, look at YouTube, and be like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Right. And go back in. You right. and I couldn't do that. Right. Right. So the resources you have is limitless. Somebody starting out today can probably pick up and do things in a year that took you and I five to seven or maybe even ten years. They yes. can pull it off in a year yeah if they know how to use the resources available to them i i think this is a another great topic honestly is a lot of times we might us older guys um and gals who are experienced and you know maybe middle-aged will look at the younger generations and say they're skipping their apprenticeship or they're they're rushing or they're you know and really they're learning quicker because they're consuming youtube videos on tiling at night after work or whatever exactly. the case is and so of course they're going to learn quicker like you just mentioned and even when i was 25 and that would have been 2008 um in in california and i got my contractor's license there was none of these resources. There wasn't iPhone in 2008. Exactly. And I went I went to meet, you know, thinking about advertising my business, I met with a, a guy selling the yellow pages. And he said, it's, it's $5,000 a year, and you're gonna be in, you know, we're gonna have a tiny little ad, and it's a lot of freaking money back then. And now, you could literally take five dollars and run and boost your ad on facebook and maybe land a fifty thousand dollar client so everything's reversed and um the potential of advertising for cheap or free on social media is just astounding plus like you mentioned the potential for learning via youtube and podcasts and and you know audio books there wasn't no audio well there there's been cassette books i guess for a long time which was nice. yes um so some of these things are, are, are old and some of them are brand new, but, um, man, I really have appreciated this conversation, Jasko. Um, thank you. I have to thank you. We talked about some of the shifts in, in the industry. Do you see any other shifts? I mean, you seem like somebody who's kind of predicting some things that might be coming down the line. Well, did you know the the shifts that are happening is you I gotta understand the information that's available to all of us, the consumers understand more too. So yeah. they will have different questions for you nowadays. And one of the things that's gonna define if you are gonna be the winning you know party to participate in that job is by having the most available information and resources, the, the biggest network to deliver 
to the client what they're asking, uh, you you really need to employ that well. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be there. Yeah, yeah. The education and and providing that answer, you know, and understanding that the conversation is so much different now than it was, you know, like we're saying before all this education and free content. Well, that, and you know, now the client has that same education. So the shift that I see happening is that they know a lot more and you got to know a lot more too. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be delivering the product and the guy working with them. Yeah. It's it, it just the biggest shifts are coming with homeowners. The questions that you're getting is stuff that you never got before. And and the, the people that you're bidding against is the same thing. And that's on every scale. Might that be, you know, big general contractors or might that be homeowners? I've seen that happening with a lot of people. Like you, you really have to know how to choose what you're doing because it cost, it can cost a lot of your time. Yeah. The, the, the biggest shift that I see in is this waste of time. Honestly, man, like mm-hmm. it, a lot of people have gotten too comfortable. Yeah. And there's a huge wave of, of, of hard times that, that might, you know, stand in front of us. And you have to know how to exist within that. Yeah. It's like realtors, you know, in real estate industry. You you see this huge shift when like when it's like low rates and a full inventory of houses. You know, there's so many realtors out there. But when that all disappears, there's a few guys that are still standing the test of time. Yeah. And that shift right now is completely going digital. Everything's available online. You can learn anything you like online. So you really have to not, you can't just be putting on a front anymore. Almost everybody is transparent nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest shift. Privacy has become very scarce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. You know, so the biggest shift is like really, you have to deliver on being what you say you are. And it has never been a better time to do that. Honestly. I mean, like nowadays, great people with great services. I've looked at people on Instagram and, and hired guys off of Instagram, you know, literally like called them up and was, I, I seen your work. I want to see if, like, if I can come out and look at a few of those things that you've done and was able to, saw it, I was like, all right, I got this for you. Can you get it done? Yeah. So it's it's crazy what what's available to us. Like that's the biggest shift that I've seen from before. You know, you do how hard it was to actually go out and find somebody or get in contact with somebody. You have a vast amount of resources available. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, I like this thought on on the resources, no doubt, you know, but I also like this thought on transparency. It's something that I've been studying lately. And, um, the, the good news is that we, we should be transparent and ethical. Um, but it's like you said, it's, we're forced to be now almost in a way, but this will force us to build better businesses. This will force us to be accountable. You know, transparency is, 
uh, a way to be held accountable to your actions and what, what you say you can do and what you are going to do, um, which is a good thing overall, because I do believe in the open and free market, which has resulted in a lot of people that maybe shouldn't be in business. A lot of people saying they can install tile, but they really can't. A lot of people maybe, you know, getting the license because as you say, even in California, it's not that complicated and then going out into the field and under delivering. So this transparency exposes them and it also brings more value in the long run to people like yourself. Yes, yeah. for sure, for sure. And everyone around, you know, everyone's much happier if you know who you're working with and what you're actually going to get out of. When you go just running and jumping into things, even as a contract, I'm not just saying, you know, people like you run in there and jump into a job or you take something on and you don't think about the entire thing, how it's how it's going to be going or who you're working with or any of that. It's tough, like building the relationships. Yeah. You know, so that transparency part, it's like, you know what this person can deliver. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where, where do you, I got two more questions for you. Um, where do you, where are you planning to take your business in, in 10 years time? And then what would be your advice for, for people just starting out in 2023? Um, where do I see my business? I've been really following the digital movement quite a bit. And I honestly have worked for a bit of time where you want to be like a globally known enterprise on the internet. Mm -hmm. That That's what I'm really working towards. I want to employ the knowledge of what I've known from what's available digitally out there and how you can take like any mom and pop shop nowadays can become a global enterprise. <laughs> Go get a website and you have the entire world as your audience. So I really want to see ourselves in 10 years being up on top, you know, in the e-commerce. That's where I really want to take the business to. Okay. Nice. And 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 how, how will you go about doing that? Or do you mind sharing? You don't have to share if you... No, I mean, like, I, I don't mind at all. It's, again, you know, I... I, I I keep sound like I'm repeating myself, you know, it's, but honestly, it's, it's the resourcefulness of everything. Mm -hmm. The available, the available platforms that you have that you can work with, yeah. you know, with the drop shipping and this and that a lot of individuals will forget just because somebody else is selling the same product as you. A lot of people will shy away from it. Be like, Oh, there's already somebody selling this product. But yeah. they might not be selling it or marketing it in the way that you will do it. True. You sometimes, like how often have you gone out when you were go out to the stores and you purchase something just because of how the packaging looks? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or or the reverse. The reverse is interesting because um, you might choose not to purchase something because of the lack of the packaging. You know, I go exactly. to, I go to like. Um, like this, we call it the red barn here in town. It's, it's kind of like a, it's like us, like a, a group of small vendors who, who are selling toys or clothes or whatever. And you can tell the ones with the less, you know, packaging they have, 
and it's just the raw toy. There's no package. It kind of devalues that toy. And I hate even thinking like that, but that is reality. You know, that is the way we perceive things is um, a lot of it's based on the packaging, the marketing, you know, so that's, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that, that thought there and, and your dream and your vision with us. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Well, being on that senses, that's where you, you can, one, like, I believe Tile Freak, I've been following him on Instagram. Yeah. And I, I love what guys do it, man. He's, yeah. he's killing it. He's a genius with the whole internet thing. Yes. Like, I, that's somebody that like in in 10 years time, just like yourself, you know, with tile money and stuff, you, you're gonna withstand the test of time. You're built to succeed in this. You have yeah. made you you have made yourself fail proof, so to say. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> now it's your character is there. Mm, the only you. thing that can shift man is you yourself, your mindset. <laughs> but you. everything that's gonna stay in your way, you can make it happen. So with this business taking it online, that's one of the things that we want to do. Like, want to get more familiar with the products, being able to represent to people what truly these products can withstand and how they can be used in which jobs are they a good fit in which are they not, you know, things like that. And to be a source of information for a clientele like that and having them able to, just like Amazon, they give you a review on something and you can purchase it right there, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but dedicated to a particular industry. Mm. Nice. So there's many, many people out there already doing it, you know, and that's the beauty of it. It keeps yeah. you competitive. It keeps you on your toes. It keeps right. you, it keeps you relevant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hence the logo, man. Like we worked on it very hard, very, very hard. And like by by resources of network, I, I was very blessed, very blessed to to be graced by this guy. That when I worked for Source Signaling for a marketing company, okay, uh, in the magazine industry, mm -hmm. um, I met a guy, and you know, he honestly taught me a lot about how all that stuff works and the marketing and everything but he wrote for rolling stones <laughs> sure <laughs> magazine you know yeah. so and he was doing a lot of the marketing for a lot of these guys so he came up with my logo <laughs> for me nice. we, well, i wanted it to be as simple as possible i don't need no phone number i don't need no over information if you're interested go check it out if not it's not for you yeah like my shirts, I don't have no phone numbers on them. I don't have just have toptilestone.com and yeah. I all, think that's <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to be. I mean, you know, I'll put a plug in here for websites because a website is is it's like a, a property on the internet that you own, you know. Yes. So is your phone number, but if if I think people would remember toptilestone.com way easier you know you're out and about you got a t-shirt on maybe the the truck you know the branding and somebody sees toptilestone.com they're they're, they're going to be able to remember that when they get home they won't remember your your phone number or whatever you know and and, and it also speaks there's a reason not to put your phone number you know it's almost like uh if you have to put your phone number 
are you really that relevant? You know, it's it's a it's a psychological thing in brand. Yeah, it's just some people still remember phone numbers better, some websites, you know, but one of the big things is that a website, now everybody has a smartphone and they have a br browser, no matter what kind of phone, even those little kids' phones almost have a browser where you can go online. Mm -hmm. So it's so much easier. Like, one of the things we're working on is updating our shirts with the qr codes so people can just hold up their phone to our shirt and boom. yeah 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 i like that you just got to, like i said stay with the thing and you're staying fresh and relevant so employ everything in your business man you're not limited just like open your mind yeah. it is crazy what what it can do like a parachute what's the point of having a parachute on your back and jumping out of the airplane if you never open it. Right, right. It's yeah. never going to work if it's closed. So your mind has to stay the same way, man. You have to stay open to, yeah. to, a, to constant development. Yeah. I feel I, like this conversation was more about, like, you know, really developing yourself in, in a sense, being able to carry that over into your business. I mean, I know I haven't touched many points on on the actual tile business and all of that but it really most of it the work is the work once you have perfected the craft you always and it's a repetitive thing yeah but your constant growth that is not repetitive like the only repetitive thing in it is that you stay on that constant grind you just hustle away man you hustle and hustle and hustle you see in the beginning, we started asking, you know, what's the difference between an immigrant and somebody that was born here in America? But look at yourself. You, you've been born here, man, but you, you did fought the same struggles. You went yeah. through the same battles. And look where you're at today. Mm. You're a name in the industry. You know, people recognize you. Mm. Even in, like, when you go to the tile uh, meetings or, or the... the expos and all of that people are starting to recognize you yeah and it to get to that point from where you got you had to fight all those same battles so there is no difference the difference is within the mindset of the individual mm. do you have the fight in you or not but where you come from yeah it might have to do a little bit with this and then like i said you got to fight with things a little bit more but we all have the same opportunity and yeah. we we all fight some kind of battle yeah. nobody's battle is less than someone else's yeah i love it man and i i really appreciate this conversation and just so that the audience and and you you know just full transparency here i i am shifting my my conversations to highlight more people like you who are into mental development and personal development because i've realized here that without that you have nothing you know and we've heard billionaires say we have money but we're not happy because we never developed the happiness we never figured out our our reason for living and being happy and so without it it's just a facade you know the the real life the family the 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 your happiness and contentment with who you are and what you're offering the world is is the most valuable thing and you know i want to have a slight shift i mean over the years i've talked about mental health and different things and mental growth but in 2023 i'm really doubling down on on that 
um, that part of my conversation, that part of what I can add, because I think it is the most valuable thing I can offer my audience is to continue to encourage them to, like you said, perfectly think differently, open your mind to new concepts. And, you know, some of my stuff is a little bit, um, jarring or shock and awe, as they say, but it's done by design. I want you to think differently. I want you to start thinking differently. That's why I've had people from other industries on this podcast. That's why I've, you know, said certain things that are maybe controversial, but my point is think about it. You don't have to agree with me, but I want you to think, you know, and, and developing this, this ability to think through problems and look at the world differently is, is what will, um, take your business from where you are today to where you want to go. So I've valued this conversation. I know my audience is going to benefit from it. Um, where can people find you? I know you're on Instagram. Where, where else are you? Well, pretty much right now, just on Instagram. That's okay. what I'm mostly using. We have a Facebook site too, but I haven't really been working okay. on it. But Instagram at TopTileStone and then TopTileStone.com. If anybody would like to contact us with email or you can DM. I, I love to communicate with people. And even, you know, another thing going, like you were saying, you know, what would be what would be great for somebody starting in 2023 is that you can literally, if you have a question or need to talk to a professional, you can go on Instagram and DM somebody, shoot them a picture. Some people might not answer you back. That's all right everybody's time is different but if you do it to enough people yeah you will, i mean what i did one year i had a really 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 slow year like it wouldn't just move and i woke up every morning made myself a cup of coffee and went on linkedin and all these other like networking websites and just started shooting invitations introducing myself trying different ways writing different introductions like just doing all this stuff and like you were saying you know the mental health it has to be part of it that you got to keep yourself always like moving in a positive note mm -hmm. really that that there goes the value of your time you know you got to value it enough to really work on yourself that's the most important thing that you have in life is yourself <laughs> if you're not here <laughs> yeah. or and, and like seeing you where you've gotten from where you started and like you like you mentioned you brought other people from different industries that's what i love about your podcast is the introduction of different mindsets mm -hmm. and how different businesses operate and how even the business you know the person that has probably the most successful business that has been on your podcast has learned from people that barely just got into the industry. That's yeah. what the beauty is of your yeah. podcast. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, with that note, I'm going to let you go. We went a little long, but I value your time and really value this conversation. And anytime you want to come back on for round two, you know, you are welcome to come back on Jasco. Just feel free to reach out on Instagram. And I look forward to continuing to see your progress. I would love to, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Luke. Appreciate You're welcome. Your time. You're welcome. Have a good, have a great day. Thank you, man. You too.
All right, Tile friends, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I sincerely enjoyed having it with Jasko. It was a privilege to get to know him on a deeper level. I've been, uh, we've been talking via Instagram for uh, a couple years now, really back and forth here and there, but to have a full hour, nearly a 90 minute conversation with him, man, what a powerful conversation it was. And I, I, I not just saying that, I truly mean that. Thank you, Jasko, for coming on and sharing your knowledge and being vulnerable and sharing your wisdom and, and um, encouraging everybody to build a sustainable, profitable business and to value themselves and to work on personal development. Very, very important topics. And I look to have more conversations like this as the years develop. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you're on Spotify or iTunes, leave us a review. It means the, the world to us and more people will find it. And a rising tide raises all ships. The more tile contractors we can assist to strengthen their businesses, the more you can all charge because the value is going up, baby. All right. Have a great day. And don't forget, stay profitable out there, tile friends. Over and out.